How many of you remember the words to this famous poem by uh, Robert Frost called The Road Less Traveled? You remember that poem? Uh, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. I love how it ends. It says, this is kind of the most popular line, I think. It says, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I was reminded of this poem uh, last week when I was preparing to preach this, this final sermon for our summer sermon series called Unpopular. We've been talking about uh, this life of faith and how sometimes uh, the teachings of Jesus, the, the, the life and ministry of Jesus was unpopular. And, and so, um, so that's where I want us to kind of wrap up with that today in thinking about what that looks like in our lives. And so I want to ask you the question this morning, can you think of a time in your life where you took the road less traveled. Kind of like what we were talking about with the kiddos. Maybe everybody was doing one thing and you decided to do another. Or everybody wanted you to do this and you did that. Can you think of a time in your life when you took the road less traveled? What happened? What did you experience? What did you learn? Think about that for just a moment. Just reflect on that. Can you think of a time this might be an easier question to answer. It certainly is for me, maybe a more honest question. Can you think of a time or times when you didn't take the road less traveled? That you took the path of least resistance. What was that like? What happened then? What did you learn from that experience? I wanted you to kind of, I wanted us to start there today for you to kind of reflect on those times in your life because that's what I did this week as I reflected on those questions in my own life. I had to confess that more often than not, I haven't taken the road less traveled. I, I've often taken the path of least resistance. Uh, I thought of some funny examples of, of following the crowd in, in my own life and uh, uh, I started to think about, you know, some of the things that I war in middle school and high school and some of the haircuts that I've had throughout the ages that it was a result of me following the crowd. And uh, maybe you can think of those as well. The staff and I really, the staff especially enjoyed reminiscing with me about some of these things that were actually, they were thankful were captured on, on Facebook. You know, some of these memories of years ago and some of those uh, outfits or, or, or haircuts. Um, so maybe you can think of some funny examples of that. Uh, but there were also some less funny examples that I thought about this week, ways that throughout my life I've, I've behaved because I wanted to belong or I, customs that I had grown accustomed to uh, because of the culture that we live in. And there were some things that I remembered that weren't as fun to reminisce about and, and some memories that I'm thankful weren't recorded on social media. Amen? Amen. So as I reflected on all those times uh, that I didn't take the road less traveled, I also thought about some of those times in my life where I, where I was able to step out in faith, even if it was unpopular. And, and what I remembered about those things were just the blessings that came from them, even, even if it was the path of most resistance. I remember blessing upon blessing on the road less traveled. Even if I felt alone, I can look back and I can see God's presence and provision in those places. Uh, those times in my life where I felt like I was alone, but, but God was with me. Uh, and sometimes that's the hard part about it, isn't it? That 
oftentimes it's only looking back where we see see those things and we can connect those dots of faith. But if, if you look back on those times, at least for me, those were times that my faith grew the most, where I learned the most not only about God, but about myself. But you know, as I reflected even further on this idea of the road less traveled, I realized that that the most difficult times in my lives were the times that I tried to be both where I was doing what Robert Frost might describe as trying to travel both paths and be one traveler. Does that make sense? Uh, Jesus, or There's this place in, in the book of Revelation where, where God is speaking to one of the churches, the church in Laodicea, and he said, uh, I've seen your deeds and you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but, but since you're not either hot or cold, you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And, and that always, that, that kind of resonated with me for those times that I was kind of trying to be both in my faith, uh, hot, hot and cold, neither hot nor cold, but I was trying to go both directions. And, and those were the places where I struggled the most in my life and in my faith. I remember uh, especially being 19 years old, when I first started to feel this call uh, on my life uh, to follow Christ into full-time ministry, uh, but it was different. It, I, I had come to, to Christ in middle school. I'd been a Christian for a long time, but at the age of 19, I had come to this place where it was one of those crisis points in my life, almost like a, a crossroad, I guess, if you will. Uh, up to that point, I had somehow, at least in my own mind, been able to be a Christian and blend in with the crowd. In, in, the, in my mind, I could do everything that everyone else did. I could say everything else that everyone else said. I could pretty much live my life however I wanted to and still go to church and be nice and, and call myself a good Christian. But, but I'll never forget this crisis of faith that I had after my first year of college. Maybe you, you've had similar crises of faith, and college is certainly one of those places where, where it can happen, um, where I started to, to feel this tension in my life. I can look back now and see that this was, was God's call and God's hand on my life, but, but I didn't know what was going on, and I was wrestling. Um, but I had this feeling that I knew my life was never going to be the same. I knew that I couldn't go back to the way that I had lived my life up to that point of simply uh, being a Christian and blending in. Uh, but I tried. I tried really hard for a while, and I struggled for probably the, the next three years to live my life that way, to follow Christ when it was convenient for me or, or when it was beneficial to me, and to follow the other things the rest of the time. And, and as I did that, as I tried to follow both those paths and be one traveler, I just became more and more unsettled and more uh, miserable, really. I, I can even remember, this is kind of a, a crazy thing, and I, 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 this doesn't happen to me often, but I remember having this dream, this vivid dream where I could see uh, the bones in my chest cavity like I was looking at an x-ray and I was looking at this x-ray and there were these two hands, these, these two little bony skeleton hands that were, were pulling on each side of my chest cavity in opposite directions and it was, it was tearing me apart. And I realized that those hands were, were my own hands and when I woke up and as I prayed about it and reflected on that dream, I realized that it was speaking to where it what I was feeling during that time, that, that I had been doing what I was talking about. I had been trying to have my cake and eat it too. I'd been uh, trying to travel two paths and be one traveler, and it was, it was literally tearing me in two. 
I'd been following Jesus when it was convenient to me because my reasons for following Jesus had more to do with me than Jesus. Can anybody relate to that? Uh, we follow Jesus when it's convenient or when it benefits us, when it's about me. Even our faith can come about me sometimes if, we, if we're not really seeking to follow Christ. I remember I was actually working uh, at a church at the time, and I had a friend and mentor who was uh, processing this call to ministry with me, and I was sharing these struggles I was having, and he gave me some advice that you probably might think is kind of funny advice to someone that's looking into ministry. He said, well... Trey, if you can do anything else, go do that. And uh, <laughs> I said, okay. Uh, I never thought about it that way. And, and so I started to think about other things that I could do. And I started applying to grad schools. And I took a part-time job outside of the church in addition to going to school part-time. And I started exploring all these different things that I could do in my life other than what I felt like God was calling me to do, to go into full-time ministry. And, um, and there was wisdom in my friend's advice because what I realized in going all those different places was, was really the path that God had called me to. I finally came to a place where I had to say what, what Simon Peter said to Jesus after one of his unpopular teachings. Uh, last week, Pastor Lee talked about uh, John chapter 6 where uh, Jesus gave this hard teaching and, and all the crowds that had been following him turned away and started to go uh, their separate ways and, and started to to leave and, and Jesus turns to his followers, his disciples in that moment. And he says, are you going to leave too? And do you remember what Simon Peter says? He says these, he asks this powerful question to Jesus. I think it's a question that we all need to ask when we're wrestling. He simply says to Jesus, to whom shall we go? See, Peter knew that there was nowhere else that we needed to be. There was nowhere else that we could find that true life, that true satisfaction, that true significance in life outside of Jesus. Like Lee taught, taught us last week, right? Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He's the way to the Father. He's the way to experience life. He is the truth. And so where else can we go but to him? But I think we all have to come to that place where we, we have to ask that question, to whom shall we go? And, and that's what I did. And I realized that I was trying to find, follow everyone and everything else that I could. And it ended up with me feeling empty and confused and disappointed. I knew there was only one way for me to go, and that was God's way. And so I chose that path, and it's made all the difference in my life. There's been blessing upon blessing. It, it hasn't been easy, <laughs> um, but it's a way that's led to life and still leads to life. And, and for me, that path was full-time ministry in the church, and I know that that's not everybody's path that, that God calls us to take. But I do believe this, and this is what I want to share with you today. I do believe that there comes a time or times in everyone's life when God calls us very gently but very decisively to follow him, to choose the path, even if it's the road less traveled. And it's the choice that we make to follow Christ that makes all the difference. And, and there's something inside of us, there's something that's part of our, our fallen, sinful human nature uh, that wants to follow Jesus and, and we fill in the blank with, with other stuff, right? Can you relate to that? Uh, we want to follow Christ, but, 
but we also want to follow the crowd. We, we want to follow Jesus, but we also want to follow uh, our culture and things that are values in our culture. We want to follow Christ, but we also want to follow, you can probably fill in the blank with some other things. I think that's why Jesus says this in one of his unpopular teachings, Matthew chapter 6, 24, verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he says, you cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus is kind of addressing this idea of following Jesus and, right? Um, and this was unpopular. It was as unpopular then as it is now that, that Jesus requires our, our complete trust, our complete allegiance, our complete surrender. We've been looking at these different ways that, that Jesus, both in word and in action, uh, said things and did things that people both then and now saw as unpopular. And the reason why is because some of these things go against our human nature and, and our culture, our, the kingdoms of this world. And, and the passage that I want to share with you today, this is kind of a big lead up to the, the passage that I want to read for you today. Uh, the passage that I want to read for you today, I think it sums up all these teachings that we've been looking at together. And it strikes at the very heart of that place in our culture, that place in all of our hearts that, that wants to do this, that wants to have our cake and eat it too, that wants to have the best of both worlds, that wants to travel two roads and be one traveler. And this teaching that Jesus shares with us today in Matthew's gospel is basically telling us you can't have it both ways. Um, Lee reminded us last week, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so today, this this teaching is telling us this, this timeless truth that I think all followers of Jesus need to be reminded of at every point on the path of following Christ. And it's this, that, that Jesus, following Jesus, is the, the way to real life. But it's not always the most popular path. It is, has been, will always be the road less traveled. But following Christ makes all the difference. So this unpopular teaching from Jesus today is ironically the fact that following Jesus is going to be unpopular. So without further delay, let me read this passage of scripture for you today. Uh, this is the last of Jesus's popular, unpopular sayings that we're going to look at. So hear this God's word for us today. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So this is a, a teaching that's, that's difficult and, and could be, even be controversial, but, but it really, I, I hope that you will see it today as being invitational. Jesus is inviting us into this place of life, and he says, you know, don't don't worry about what everyone else is doing. I'm inviting you into this place of life. See, the road that leads to destruction is often the least, the path of least resistance. The gate is wide, and and anything goes. But the road that leads to life is the road less traveled. The gate is narrow. The road isn't easy to find. But there's still good news in this passage. There's good news for for those of us who are willing to ask the question. So how do we find it? 
And Jesus has already answered the question. He answered it just a few verses before in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. He says this. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. And he's basically saying, because that's who God is. We started this series by talking about how God is our loving Father. And, and Jesus explains that here. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying here, it's not that complicated, it's just hard. See, the, the secret to life is hidden right here in plain sight. See, those who are seeking to follow Christ will find the way that leads to life, real life, abundant life, eternal life. Those who are asking God for guidance will find everything they need along the way. Those who are knocking on the door of God's word will find the truth that not only sets them free, but sets them back on the right path time and time again, because that's who God is. God is our loving father who desires to give us these good gifts. And God's desire is for us to find life in and through his son. And when we find life in him, then, then we can bring life to those around us as we treat others the way that God treats us in Christ. Again, see, it's not complicated. It's just hard. And sometimes it's unpopular because we live in a culture that's about me, me, me. And so this idea of doing to others as you would have them do unto you, it, it's kind of unpopular and kind of countercultural because it's, it's so much easier, right? It's so much more popular to do to others what they have done to me, right? It's so much easier for us to do to others what, what we would like them to do to us, right? If, if someone's nice to me, I, I want to be nice back. But if someone hurts me, then I want to hurt them back. If, if someone says something rude, I want to say something rude back. If, if someone cuts me off, then I want to cut them off, right? Not just in conversation, but in my car, on the internet, right? All, all, all over the place, right? It's so much easier to return good for good and evil for evil. It's more popular to simply react or, or counterattack or, or cancel one another. That's not what Jesus says to do, is it? He says, do to others what you would have them do to you. That's the secret. If you would have someone be kind to you, be kind to them. If you would have someone be generous to you, be generous to them. If you would have someone be gracious to you, be gracious to them. And here's the hardest part about it. We're called to do that even if they're do, not doing any of those things. If others are not doing unto us, we're still called to do unto them, right? See, the crowd and, and our culture probably would say, that's crazy. But the cross says, 
That's Christ. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. He treated people the way that he would have wanted to be treated, even those who mistreated him. Jesus walked the narrow path to the cross, praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing, so that we might have life abundant and eternal through his life, death, and resurrection. And the truth is, all of those who call themselves his disciples are called to walk the narrow path as well, the road less traveled. Sometimes the path of most resistance with ups and downs and highs and lows and twists and turns. But the promise for us in the midst of this difficult journey is that it's the path that leads to life and that we never walk it alone because we know that God is our Father who loves us with an unconditional everlasting love because we know that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life because we know that the Spirit of God and the Word of God will lead us every step of the way. Because of this, we can walk this path of con with confidence because we know that God is with us every step of the way. That even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear and we will not falter because God is with us. That's the foundation that we build our lives on, the foundation that can weather any storm. That's why I love this passage of scripture ends with Jesus's famous parable of the wise and the foolish builders. He's reminding us that, that when our lives are built on the foundation of God's word, when we're walking in the footsteps of, of the word made flesh, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, there's nothing that can shake us because there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the secret to a life of abundance, of significance, of meaning and purpose, a life that starts here and continues on into eternity. So as we bring this conversation to a close this summer, as uh, adults, as we go back to work this week and kids, as you go back to school, we all go back to living our everyday lives and we get into these new routines and these new patterns and these new situations that the fall is going to bring to us. My prayer for us is that these unpopular teachings from the life and ministry of Jesus might encourage us but also challenge us to follow Christ even when it's unpopular. To resist the temptation of seeking Jesus and fill in the blank, but instead to do what Jesus said earlier in Matthew's gospel to those who were seeking to follow Jesus and all these other things. Do you remember Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. That's my prayer, is that you would feel God's presence, that you would feel the prayers of God's people as you step out in faith. And seek Christ above all things, above the crowd, above our culture. That we would together walk the narrow path laid out for us. Because we know that even if it's unpopular, it's the way that leads to life. And that you would know without a doubt that you are never walking this path alone. Amen. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The worship team is going to come up and... 
lead us in one more song. And if you'd like to come forward and, and pray, if God is uh, calling you today, I want to invite you to do that. You can come up here and pray by yourself if you want somebody to pray with you. I'd love to do that if you just want to do that in your seat. Um, but however God is speaking to your heart today, I want to encourage you to respond and allow God to, to speak to you and keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and keep listening to God's voice. Uh, I want to pray for us as we start this time. Let's pray together. God, we love you and we thank you that you are a God that cares about us deeply, that you care about each situation and circumstance in our life, that whatever season that we're in, Lord, every detail you care about. You care about our families. You care about uh, our work situation. You care about our school. You care about each and every one of those things because you care about us, that you desire a relationship with us and you desire to lead us and guide us in life because you are the creator of life and you know what true life looks like and how we can live it. So Lord, help us to lay down everything that we have tried to fill that place that is reserved for you in our lives so that we might experience the abundance that comes from following your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that your grace meets us right where we are and leads us to where you want us to go. So give us faith, give us courage, give us comfort, give us everything that we need to take whatever step of faith it is that you're calling us to today so that we might experience that life that you have for each one of us, the life that you came and lived and died and rose again for us to have. We pray all this in the mighty, powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.